3: Monday morning tens of millions waking up to severe
4: weather and it is not over yet good morning it is December 11th this is today (laughs) Fast and furious, heavy rain and high winds causing havoc for the morning commute up and down the east coast. Tornadoes cutting a path of destruction across the south. At least six people killed, entire neighborhoods destroyed. The wind just took me and I just remember waking up on this side of my house. We are there live and Al has the full forecast. Under pressure, calls mounting for the presidents of Harvard and MIT to resign after the head of Penn stepped down over the weekend. More fallout from their controversial turn on Capitol Hill. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? And in Michigan, an overnight arrest in the stabbing death of a beloved rabbi. The very latest just ahead. Nothing more to say. Donald Trump announces he will not testify at his New York civil trial today inside his decision and will break down the brand new poll out this morning on the crucial first contest in the presidential race just five weeks away. Is any other candidate showing momentum? devastating diagnosis tennis legend chris Evert revealing her cancer has returned less than one year after remission but she's saying about her new fight and the well wishes now pouring in all that plus home for the holidays 115 million americans now expected to travel for christmas and new year's airports bracing for the busiest season ever what you need to know to navigate those crowds and. How about them Cowboys? Dallas dominates Philly on Sunday night football, but the ending of the day in Kansas City, a potential game winner for the Chiefs, called back by a controversial penalty, Patrick Mahomes in full meltdown. What it all means for the push to the playoffs today, Monday, December 11th, 2023.
5: From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie. And Hoda Kotb, live from Studio One A in Rockefeller Plaza.
4: Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Nice to have you starting your week with us. You, you were so worried about my mental
3: state. You wore Eagles green for I me do- today. Thank I'm you. I'm looking out for you. The <laughs> Cowboys.
4: Well, it was had a good game. To I Great gotta game. say,
3: but that second game with Kansas City. Oh boy. That offsides call, people are going to be talking about that for a long, long time. And you never see Patrick Mahomes losing his cool like Mm -hmm. that. So we'll have much more on the day in football, but we've got weather to watch. Yeah, our top story is that severe weather. It is on the move this morning. Check this out. A live look at the snowy conditions. This is Burlington, Vermont. Well, that storm is bringing heavy winds,
4: rain, and snow to some parts of the Northeast. Around 30 million people under some sort of weather alert or watch this
3: morning. This comes after a string of tornadoes tore through Central central Tennessee over the weekend, killing at least six people, dozens more hurt. Power was also knocked out to tens of thousands. And officials say it could be weeks before the lights are back on. We've got it all covered, including Al's forecast. But let's start with NBC's Marissa Parrish. She's
4: in Madison, Tennessee for us this morning. Hi, Marissa. Good morning.
1: Savannah, good morning. A lot of the homes around here look like this one behind me. I mean, this tornado that crushed this area, it literally tore off the walls. It took the roof. And for neighbors who live just down the street, this tornado also took lives. This morning, shocking new video shows the devastation in hard-hit Tennessee after a string of deadly tornadoes swept through the central part of the state over the weekend. Oh, my God! (laughs) The twisters caught on camera tearing through the night sky. Oh, my God. The National Weather Service confirming at least one EF3 packing 150 mile per hour winds. The powerful tornadoes leaving homes in Madison reduced to rubble.
5: The next time we know, it just sounded like an explosion went off. You could hear stuff flying everywhere. It was crazy. It's crazy. It is terrifying.
1: Tennessee's governor touring one heart-hit area, which suffered three of the state's six fatalities.
6: Really sad, really heartbreaking. Felipe
1: Domingo lost his wife and his two-year-old son. Sad. Telling us their loss has left him with a big pain in his heart. The tragedy, part of a storm system that produced over 20 tornadoes across the South. Now that same system is moving up the East Coast, putting 52 million people under flood alerts from D.C. to Maine, prompting another brief tornado in North Carolina. Back in Clarksville, Tennessee, Markeisha Frazier says a tornado pulled her home apart while her entire family was inside. The wind just took me and I just remember waking up on this side of my house
7: looking for my home and then I saw my children over there and my husband was in
1: the debris back there. Families here now trying to salvage what they can as the community promises to work together to rebuild what they've lost.
5: I've seen this community come together like no other before and I know we're going to do it again.
1: Now, some schools in the area remain closed because of damage, others because of lingering power outages. I want to point something out, guys. You can see power lines like this one, fully broken, collapsed, not only in the middle of lawns, but still in the road. So we know crews are working through the night to restore power. But Savannah, we're told that it could be weeks for some of the hardest hit areas to get
3: that power fully restored. Savannah? Just devastating. Marissa Para for us. Thank you, Marissa. 706, let's bring in Mr. Roker, get a check of that weather. Hey, Al.
8: Hey, guys. Good morning and good morning to you. And we are looking at uh, still 28 million people under winter weather advisory, storm warnings, even some flood warnings uh, stretching from Elkins, West Virginia, all the way into the northeast and parts of New England. You can see on the radar now the heaviest rain moving up into Boston, Nantucket, parts of Long Island as well, all the way up into Maine. On the backside of this system, we're looking at a snowy finish to this. The storm system will pull up. Few lingering showers ahead through New England during the day today it's going to be breezy into the evening in fact we are looking for wind gusts of anywhere from 20 to 60 miles per hour especially as you get out toward nantucket 39 mile per hour wind gusts in boston uh 43 i should say in boston rainfall amounts the heaviest going to be up into maine and then light snow as you get a little heavier snow as you get into burlington vermont rutland anywhere from four to six inches of snow guys.
4: All right, Al, thank you. Also this morning, fallout is growing in the wake of those congressional hearings. Focus on anti-Semitism on college campuses. One Ivy League president, whose testimony angered critics, resigned over the weekend. Now the leaders of two other prestigious universities are under pressure to do the same. We've got two reports. We'll start with NBC's Stephanie Gosk. Stephanie, good morning.
0: Savannah, good morning. The criticism is getting sharper, even as those school leaders tried to clarify the comments they made regarding free speech on campus and how far it should be allowed to go. Over the weekend, the president of the University of Pennsylvania stepping down Calls for the presidents of MIT and Harvard to follow suit getting louder. Pressure is mounting on the presidents of MIT and Harvard less than a week after they testified before Congress about rising anti-Semitism on college campuses nationwide. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying
7: and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context.
0: It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. Just days after giving a similar answer to the same question, the president of the University of Pennsylvania, Liz McGill, resigned on Saturday. Republican Elise Stefanik, who questioned the three university leaders, posting one down, two to go. The answers reeked of anti-Semitism. Harvard's president has tried to clarify, writing calls for violence or genocide against the Jewish community or any religious or ethnic group are vile. They have no place at Harvard. According to the Harvard Crimson, more than 500 faculty members at the school have signed a letter asking Harvard's governing body not to remove President Gay. It comes as communities across the country cope with rising tensions as the war in the Middle East continues. And now an arrest in a case that gained nationwide attention back in October, when Samantha Wool, a well-known rabbi in Detroit, was found stabbed to death outside her home. This morning, Detroit police confirming a person of interest is in custody. Police have said there's no evidence that the killing was a hate crime. But anti-Semitic threats have been on the rise since the war began. In California, a couple speaking out after an attack this weekend that police are calling a hate crime.
5: I decided that we cannot just let it go.
0: Both in their 70s, the couple say they were walking to synagogue when a man ran up behind them.
7: All of a sudden, I saw the guy hitting my husband with the belt and screaming, um, (laughs) I'm sorry, Um, give me your earrings, Jew.
0: They chased the man off, and he was later caught and arrested by police. So back to the University of Pennsylvania. Julie Platt, vice chair of Penn's Board of Trustees, has been named interim chair and will serve until a permanent successor is appointed. Former president Liz McGill will remain a tenured faculty member at the university's law school. Meanwhile, MIT's governing board released a statement last week standing behind its president, Sally Kornbluth, amid the backlash over her testimony. So far, Harvard's board has not done so For its president.
3: All right,
4: Stephanie, thank you.
3: Thanks, Steph. We are also following breaking news overnight on the war. Fierce fighting is only intensifying in southern Gaza, and this morning, there are new concerns about the fate of hostages after a threat from Hamas. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel joins us with details. Hey, Richard. Good morning.
9: Uh, good morning, Hoda. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu says that Hamas has murdered 20 of the hostages since the October 7th attacks. Hamas denies that, but acknowledges that some of the hostages have been killed, it says, by Israeli airstrikes into Gaza. And Hamas is warning Israel not to attempt any rescue operation, saying that no hostage would gout out alive except through a deal. Israel says Hamas's grip on power in Gaza is being broken.
5: (laughs) Prime Minister Netanyahu
9: saying Hamas is at the beginning of the end. In northern Gaza, Israeli forces have raised the flag in the main square to show they've conquered Gaza City. More than 2.3 million people in Gaza have fled south, squeezed into a small strip along the Egyptian border and facing a humanitarian collapse. A senior UN official says half of Gazans are now starving. 91% of households go to bed hungry, according to the World Food Program.
3: Overcrowding, combined with the lack of adequate food, water, shelter, and sanitation, are creating the ideal conditions for disease to spread.
9: Twelve-year-old Mohammed Jamil Abuwardi and his eight-year-old sister are sheltering at a school in the city of Rafah. We can't find the inhaler for my sister. I am hungry. We didn't eat for two days now, he says. 137 hostages remain in Gaza. Families worry their health and conditions are also worsening. Nineteen-year-old Nama Levi was kidnapped near the kibbutz Nahaloz. Her mother, Ayalit Shahar, is a family doctor. Ayelit treasures a towel that her daughter slept on before her kidnapping.
3: Not what I put
4: do. it for her, actually. She's uh, yeah, she's still a little girl sometimes,
3: even though she's 19. So I put it for her.
9: Nama's an athlete and was active in Hands of Peace, a youth group that brings together Israelis, Palestinians and Americans. After the ceasefire collapsed, hostage families are looking for any help they can find.
7: I'm hoping I'm, I'm calling to the mother's. Let's bring her home together.
9: After, after the U.S. vetoed a U.N. resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire, Arab negotiators tell us this morning that the chances of reaching another pause in the fighting are getting slimmer.
3: All right. Richard Engel for us there in Tel Aviv. Richard, thank you. Let's turn now to a late reversal from former President Donald Trump announcing yesterday that he will not go back on the witness stand in his New York City uh, fraud trial in a civil trial in a post on True Social Trump saying he, quote, has nothing more to say, calling the case a complete and total election interference. The trial was scheduled to resume today, but has now been pushed back until tomorrow. Trump and his company are accused of overvaluing their properties and net worth in order to get favorable loans from banks that they otherwise would not have been entitled to.
4: Well, as for the presidential race, a new poll is out this morning from the Des Moines Register, NBC News and Mediacom, and it is shedding light on the Iowa caucuses, the first contest in the nation, which is now just five weeks away. NBC's national political correspondent, Steve Kornacki, is here to break it down. Good morning. Okay, so five weeks to go. What does this Iowa poll show?
2: Yeah, let's take a look. And again, we do this with the Des Moines Register. They are known for having the most accurate poll in Iowa, and they find Donald Trump, just over a month ago, with an outright majority on the Republican side, 51% support for the former president, very distant second DeSantis, Haley at 16%. And I think if it's discouraging to see this for DeSantis and for Haley, what may be even more discouraging is the trend, because we last polled Iowa in October, and look at this, Trump is up 8% points since that last poll. DeSantis only three. And you think about the month DeSantis has had in Iowa. He got the governor's endorsement. He got a key evangelical endorsement. There have been debates. He was in the debate. He had the debate with Gavin Newsom on Fox and It has not turned into measurable momentum for him in this race.
4: Well, let's talk about Nikki Haley, because in other states we've seen momentum. Here she seems flat. What do you see?
2: Yeah, she moved up here in our last poll, and you can see no gain since. The problem for Haley is basically this. You're looking at how independents are breaking in Iowa. Now, independents are a relatively small part of the Iowa caucus electorate, but you can see Haley does much better with the independents. Trump, for that matter, does much worse with the independents than with overall Republican voters. In the story with Haley in Iowa polling and elsewhere, she does her best with non-Republicans, with independents, with Democrats who get to vote in, in a primary somewhere, and with Republicans who don't like Donald Trump, but together... That is far, far from a majority of the Republican Seems party.
4: like she's hoping for New Hampshire and then uh, some momentum in her home state of South Carolina. Well, I mean, it's five weeks to go. There can be late deciders. How how calcified are people's opinions here?
2: Yeah, we always have to leave over that uh, uh, possibility that there could be a late surge for somebody. But I do think this is worth noting. Is your mind made up? And look at this, 70%, seven out of 10 Trump supporters say, that's it, mind's made up, they're locked in. Look at DeSantis, look at Haley. They're d- they're locked in, Vote not even half of what trumps is huge enthusiasm gap
4: there. All right, Steve Kornacki with the latest poll. Thank you.
3: All right, 716. Craig joins the table. A major legal battle unfolding in Texas.
5: Yeah, Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. The state Supreme Court temporarily blocking a lower court's ruling, preventing a 31-year-old woman from obtaining an abortion, the mother of two who is 20 weeks pregnant was told by doctors that her fetus has a rare disorder and could be stillborn, putting the woman's health and future fertility at risk. That's- Bringing NBC senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning to you. So, walk us through what happened here and and why did the state Supreme Court step in here?
10: So, Kate Cox is somebody who wants to be pregnant. She's somebody who wants to grow her family. She's healthy. She's young. She's 31. But her doctors have said if she does not get this abortion, she could be at risk for not being able to get pregnant again, given all the complications. But the state of Texas went to court. They went to the highest court, that state court, to put a stop to all of this. Now, the court right now has just pressed pause. They haven't issued a a substantive ruling. They want to get smart on the case. But her doctors say, look, time is of the essence. Every day that goes by, her health is at risk. She has been to the emergency room four times in the last month. She has been leaking fluid at times, having cramping. Her health situation is quite serious.
3: But I thought the state had one of those uh, those exceptions for when the health yeah. or the risk of the mother was at stake here.
10: They do. But her lawyers have pointed out if Kate Cox does not qualify for that exception, given everything she's going through, then really the exception is quite hollow. Now, the state would say, uh, look, you know, if we allow it in this case, we're going to have to allow it in others. But I think it, some people would be surprised to know, as Kate Cox told us for nightly, she was surprised to know how bad the situation has to be before you can qualify for a medical exception in Texas.
3: Wow. All right, Laura. Excellent. Laura Jarrett, thank you so much. Yeah. Let's head over to Mr. Oak to get a check of the weather. Hey, Al.
8: All right, guys. to so show you what else is going on around the country. We've got snow and wind making its way through the Cascades and the Intermountain regions wild and calm from the mid plains all the way down to texas we've got that storm exiting in the northeast sunshine down through the southeast all the way down into, uh, into florida and we're looking at a few snow showers along the western great lakes and that's your latest weather guys. all right thank al you.
4: thank you just ahead your holiday travel forecast now expected to shatter records at airports from coast to coast sam brock's got everything we need to know
6: Savannah AAA just released those holiday travel projections. How do they make out or stack up all time when it comes to driving or flying? Love we'll the answer and the best days and worst days to be traveling. Stories coming up next.
3: All right, thank you, Sam. Plus, inside Bronny James's college debut, just months after that hell scare that could have ended his basketball career, we're going to hear from him and his proud, proud dad about that moment that they say is much much bigger than the game. But first, this is today on NBC.
7: visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: We're back. It oh. is 730 and that's our world famous <laughs> Rockefeller Center Christmas tree right outside on our plaza. An extra love for the people yeah. outside with rain ponchos yes. and all the things. Do the slow pan.
5: Yes. Yeah. Oh, I yes. love the Christmas tree hats. Yes. They never get old to me.
4: Me neither. We try to one on.
5: They're, harder to they're very wear than hard, them hard to wear. A lot
4: yes yes strength. Yes. Yes. Anyway, wow. We love our crowd out there. We'll
5: get outside just a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, two weeks from now, of course, Christmas, uh, and that may have you counting down to your holiday vacation. And if you are, you're definitely not alone.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, AAA's looked at it, and they're projecting an all-time record for air travel. This Christmas and New Year's, the roads are going to be packed too. NBC's Sam Brock joins us from Miami with everything you need to know. Hi, Sam. Good morning.
6: Savannah Hoda, Craig, good morning. I know you guys have rain and ponchos up there here in Miami. It's sunshine. One of the reasons why AAA is projecting this particular location to be one of the top travel destinations this year. Guys, in terms of the formula, they're looking at a 10-day window that begins just before Christmas and ends right after New Year's and are projecting right now the second highest total number of travelers this century for end-of-year travel. Now, there are ways to do this wisely without ruining that holiday cheer. Tis the season for holiday travel madness. And a new report says this year will be one of the busiest on record. AAA projects a staggering 115 million U.S. travelers will venture 50 miles or more from home this holiday season. That's 2.5 million above what we saw last year, racing through terminals and jamming roadways, and the second-highest year-end travel forecast since AAA began recording it in 2000. Airports expected to be their busiest ever this Christmas and New Year's season, with an estimated 7.5 million travelers flying, surpassing 2019's record.
9: There's nothing to Chicago? There's nothing to Chicago, New York, Nashville, you name it, everything's gone.
6: But forget Home Alone-level hysteria. The travel booking app Hopper says even with surging volumes, airlines are prepared.
1: Airlines have done a lot of work to rebuild their fleets and get prepared for the busy holiday week. So heading into the holidays, airlines are prepared and ready for potential delays and cancellations.
6: Some customers feeling sticker shock from the cost of a trip home. From Austin to
3: New York, it's almost $1,000 to fly home for Christmas, which is crazy.
6: But one piece of holiday cheer. AAA says average plane ticket prices are actually slightly lower than last year. So what can you do to navigate the crowds? The busiest days to fly are Thursday the 21st and Friday the 22nd, so leave extra time on those days. Take the earliest flights out if possible, as they're usually the least likely to be delayed. And remember, for a fee, TSA PreCheck and Clear will help cut down on security line chaos. Gas prices also down just in time for that trip to grandma's house. But if you're planning on hitting the road this holiday season, drivers could see travel times up to 20% longer this year, with Saturday, December 23rd, and Thursday, December 28th, expected to be the most congested days to drive. And back to the skies now for a second. If you're wondering, what are the busiest airports for this holiday season? According to Hopper, the top three guys, Atlanta, Denver and Dallas. Another tip from Hopper, the best time to buy your 2024 deals is actually in January. So what better way to start the new year off than with something to look forward to in months to come? Savannah, back to you. All right, Sam. Well.
4: Get comfy there in that
6: spot. We'll be doing
4: a lot of travel stories. Thank you. Appreciate exactly. it.
3: All right. Now, guys, to a welcome sight from the world of college basketball, the celebrated return of Bronny James, the eldest son of NBA legend LeBron James, the Southern Cal freshman playing his first game after collapsing on the court from cardiac arrest over the summer. NBC's Kaylee Hartung has this story a long time coming. Hey, Kaylee.
11: Yeah, absolutely, guys. Good morning. No matter when it happened, Bronnie James taking to the court was going to be one of the most highly anticipated debuts in college basketball history. But given the circumstances, this was even more meaningful. Following months of recovery after suffering sudden cardiac arrest in July, the basketball protege had the sold out crowd, including his proud dad, on their feet. Call him the comeback kid. 19-year-old Bronny James on the court Sunday in his very first game for the USC Trojans, making plays reminiscent of his famous father. The crowd in a frenzy as LeBron James took video and cheered on his son's remarkable return after his terrifying collapse back in July.
8: Here now.
11: The freshman rushed to the hospital during a team workout after suffering sudden cardiac arrest, the leading cause of death for student-athletes. Bronnie was diagnosed with a significant but treatable congenital heart defect and underwent surgery this summer, according to a family spokesperson. His future playing basketball uncertain as he began the rehab process. He set out the first eight games of the season, but after doctors cleared Brawny to play at the end of November, he returned to full contact practice last week.
12: We prayed as a family. Um, you know, we had great doctors along the way the whole time, telling us that um, you know they believe things will, you know, uh, work out for us in our in our favor.
11: LeBron rushing to beat his son's game in Los Angeles the day after winning the NBA's first ever in-season tournament MVP in Las Vegas. The four-time NBA champ, writing on Instagram after the game, can't even tell y'all how emotional today was for me. All I can say is, Bronny, you're simply incredible. You've already won the ultimate goal, championship, and that's life.
5: I just want to say I'm thankful uh, for everything.
11: Nike Basketball celebrating Bronny with this photo, posting nothing stops a future king. And LeBron has said he is dedicating this season of basketball, his 21st, to Bronny. And guys, because this was Bronny's first game since his cardiac incident, he came off the bench and he only played part of the game. His coach says it'll take a few games for Bronny to get back into the groove. But man, after what he's been through, everyone is celebrating his return and his health.
3: Oh, that's yeah. some great news there. Kaylee, thank you so much. It's going to be a great watching him mm-hmm. play with his dad in a couple uh, of years. Oh, yeah, yeah. They said they would. It's going to happen.
4: Yeah. Not a dry eye. Yeah. Well, not here you'll be like it's dusty in here <laughs> coming up from christmas carols at westminster abbey to new family portraits how the royals are getting into the holiday spirit
5: first though vicky Wynn is here to help us make the most of those gift cards that you'll be giving and probably getting this holiday season
12: hey good morning craig hoda and savannah would you know how to spot a compromised gift card if you were looking at it in the store i'm going to show you the warning signs to watch for plus the websites where you can legitimately buy discounted gift cards. That's all ahead right here on today.
3: Back now, 741 with today's holiday consumer. As we mentioned, Christmas is two weeks from today. Wait, what? Public and of course, the shopping is in full swing. Oh boy! According to a recent
4: survey, consumers plan to buy fewer gifts this year, but will spend more on gift cards three hundred dollars compared to two hundred seventeen last year. Well, keep in mind they can be easy targets for scammers.
5: NBC's Vicki Wynn joins us with what we should be looking out for. Vic, we hate scammers. And we especially hate scammers this time of year. Holiday season. So what what other scams that folks should be on the lookout for in particular?
12: And Craig, I'm speaking your language because I know you love a gift card. my favorite gift. (laughs) So if you're buying a physical gift card, you really want to inspect it carefully. The Better Business Bureau tells us about this scam where the thieves are taking a tiny sticker that has a barcode on it and placing it over the legitimate barcode. So here you are in the store thinking you're buying a $50 gift card to Macy's for your niece. Well, really you're loading $50 onto a gas card for a scammer somewhere. So look at the card carefully, make sure there's nothing on it. Like even
4: reputable stores, but they come in and like put it on. That's exactly where they do it. Reputable stores.
12: They are also going into these stores, according to the BBB and writing down the numbers of the gift cards and the pin, sometimes scratching that off, taking, you know, the pin. So when you load that gift card, they're looking and going, oh, you put some money on it. They drain it immediately. So by the time you that give it to your up. recipient, there's $0 on it. AARP did a study, a survey, and found 25% of people who responded said, that's happened to me. I've gotten a gift card that's Jeez. been zeroed wow. out. So make sure you're looking okay. at the gift card physically itself. That is beat up. Is that yeah, what beat, up. It is beat up. up. Beat up. Okay,
4: well, what about, Al agrees, beat up. What about website scams?
12: Okay, this is another place where scammers, especially this time of year, they're setting up these websites. Too good to be true. You're getting oh. a $50 gift card for just 25 dollars. Really what they're doing is trying to get your credit card information. (laughs) Another way the scammers are getting to you, they say, hey, come to my website, check the balance on your gift card. And these look sophisticated like real websites. You put in your gift card information, boom, they've got it. So only go to the store in person, or call the 800 number on the gift card or go to the actual retailer website to check your balance. But Don't get lured in by one of these.
3: Buying discounted gift cards, yeah. though, is actually a thing. You it actually is. can buy
12: them on a legitimate place. So how? You totally can, Hoda. Smart shopping expert Trey Bodge likes giftcardgranny.com. She recommends that one for 20% off of major retail gift cards like Kohl's or Staples, Home Depot. Card Cash is another one. 500 merchants on there. And then finally, Raise.com. They have the broadest range. All you do is go in there. You search Best Buy, Sephora, boom. Gift cards discounted legitimately.
5: Wow. Cool. All right, Thanks, Okay, yeah. uh, Vic's going to be around a lot this season, of course. In fact, you're back tomorrow mm-hmm. with a warning about another popular gift this year. We're talking about electronics yeah. tomorrow. Oh. How to know that you're actually getting what you paid for with electronics. Yeah. So.
12: You rip them open, you see what's inside.
10: It's Ooh. really cool. Uh,
4: cool. Thank you, Thank
5: Thank you Vicky.
12: Thank you. Mr. Vick. Roker, what you
8: got? All right, let's take a look at some temperatures as we head on into this work week. Uh, Rapid City going to be almost 50 degrees today. That's 10 degrees above Average. Wichita Falls, 61. St. Louis, you're going to be nine degrees above average at 51. Tomorrow, those warm temperatures move to the east. Syracuse, flirting with the mid 40s. Cincinnati, 50 degrees. Little Rock, Arkansas, seven degrees warmer than usual at 60. Dallas, you're going to be at 62. That's five degrees warmer. And as we get into the late week, these December highs start warming up. New York City, by Wednesday, 43. Friday, it'll be 50. Charleston, you start at 43. You'll be at 51 on Friday. In Nashville, you're going to be In the mid 50s, right on toward the end of the week. And that's your latest weather.
4: All right, Al, thank you. Coming up, a parade of stars in Studio 1A. The young royals from the final season of The Crown will be here. Plus, Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell are stopping by
3: to tell us about their new rom com. It's coming up.
5: Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Next, don't give it to How about that? That's a premium banging, & Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience.
6: Wins and
5: that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Next, don't give it to Unlock the energy of the all-electric CDX Type S. Give up. Order now at Acura.com.